Welcome to Veterans Connected, where maintenance and reliability expert and military veteran Eric Bevavino connects with fellow veterans in industry during each episode, where they exchange their experiences and discuss the transition from the military to industry and the paths and resources that led them to where they are today. The Veterans Connected podcast is proudly produced by the industry's leading network and learning community, Mobius Connect. Eric, over to you. Hello, everyone. I'm Eric Bevavino, host of the Mobius Connect podcast focused on connecting military veterans to the maintenance and reliability community. Our aim here is to bridge the understanding gap between the military and civilian worlds, thereby improving the veteran transition journey and ultimately providing hope and a helping hand to any of our brothers and sisters out there struggling to find their way. We'll do this by interviewing veterans who have successfully made it through. For this session, we've chosen to interview one such Air Force veteran, Mr. Dallas Kratzer, whose fascinating and patriotic story is a must listen for anyone interested in joining us on this mission. Welcome, Dallas. Thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Thanks, Eric. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm not sure I can live up to that dubious title that you just gave me, so I'll try. (laughs) I think so. I think so. Having uh, spoken with Dallas, geez, we're talking about, what, about six months ago, seven months ago? We first met in a Panera here in Lexington, Kentucky Mm -hmm. on a mutual referral, friend referral to, to get together for veteran causes. I... I can attest you have a very interesting and patriotic story. So uh, that's for sure. I would agree with that. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, I'm an old guy. So I've got plenty of stories and uh, spent a great time in the Air Force. And the highlight of my Air Force career was deploying with the Army and trained with them for a year and then did uh, about nine months in country with them. So it's a great thing. And I get to work with veterans all the time now. And uh, I love it. I'm really passionate about that. And and helping them in that transition because they need it. Uh, there's not a lot of help out here that is helping the right way. Well, that exactly a great segue to I think when we spoke before and what uh, I guess what I'm finding through additional conversations in my own experience and your experience too that the transition journey from mostly from active duty or you were in country. Um, was that Afghanistan or Iraq? Yes, it was Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Okay. So combat zone, all that good type of stuff. And uh, I mean, you're coming back, you're trying to get into a sort of normal routine in the civilian world. Mm-hmm. There seems to be a lot of things. There are a lot of people who want to try to help, but it's all over the place and yeah, the service doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. I mean, it tries to, the services try to guide folks in the right direction or a direction, right. but it's, it's tough, right? It's tough. So really what I'm hoping is through these podcasts, we get um, bits and pieces, maybe a nugget or two out of each one or three mm-hmm. that when folks listen and they're making the transition journey, they can say, oh, okay, well, right. Right. Dallas said this, or Dennis said that, and, you know, I'm going to try that. and. You know, these are these are really tidbits of wisdom, not a check sheet that you get on right. getting out well, of the service. And that's a big key to it is you need to talk to other folks, find folks that have gone through the transition recently themselves and say, hey, what worked for you? What didn't work? What have you heard from other folks? And you put all those pieces together and it comes out that you you 
can journey pretty well through it. You can survive this, you know, you'll get on the other side of it. It's just like any deployment, really. So hmm. approach it that way. Well, I, that's really good advice. I mean, in the service, just in my reserve background and in my active duty background, a lot of move. every couple of years, you're doing something different. You're meeting right. people and, and transitioning, you're adjusting to new environments just because it's a civilian environment, not uh, a military or government environment doesn't make it any different. Right. right. Uh, yeah. The biggest challenge is uh, the culture, getting used to that new culture, the civilian sector, uh, they do things differently in work. We as military folks, no matter what branch you've been in, we have our uniqueness as service members, the way we stand, the way we talk, the way we operate. Uh, you know, we're, we're like, okay, we have a mission. We're going to go do this. And, you know, it's pretty straightforward. And the civilians are like, whoa, 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 slow down. You know, that's, you know <laughs> we have a different way of doing this. And sometimes they're a little um, put off by some of the, the ways that we articulate what we do and where we're going to go and how we're going to do it. Without a doubt, I think uh, collaboration, cross-functional collaboration is probably the buzzword or the key word right. in, in corporate America today is it's not that it's not there in the military. It's, it's there. But when you come together in a planning meeting, the decision to do whatever you're going to do is probably pretty well made. It's just like, how are we going to do it? How are we going to get together? I mean, maybe there's some de debate whether or not we should do it, but it seems like, to me at least, in the civilian world, it's you're always sort of fighting for resources or, uh, you know, perhaps people's time, right? Because everybody's busy and, and really have to justify what you'd like to do versus, you know, really coming together and saying, hey, it's already put together for us. And, and that for me, it was a learning experience, so yeah. perhaps for you as well. But sure. uh, why don't we start out, Dallas, with what you're doing today? And like, okay. what, what, where have you found yourself today? And what sort of good are you doing for the world in, okay. uh, in Kentucky? Well, yeah, here in Kentucky, we've got a very interesting program going on uh, that we're trying to build out. We're calling it Task Force Welcome. And Task Force Welcome is workforce and education leveraging Community Opportunities for Military Employment. So, hey, you like that acronym? You know, being an airman, <laughs> a, a good acronym. And uh, impressive uh, that, that you could recount each letter in there. Yeah, six letters, right? <laughs> or seven, maybe right. seven. Oh, I can't even uh, count anymore. Yeah, seven of them. And yeah. uh, so there, there have been several of us that are working on this. I do a lot of work with the Kentucky Commission on Military Affairs. Uh, I'm also a senior fellow at the Council on Post-Secondary Education. So we're integrating uh, both the military and the education stuff together. And we have built Task Force Welcome to be an opportunity in Kentucky for our uh, Secretary of Labor and Education uh, to develop a way to engage service members to attract them to Kentucky as they're coming out of the military. Mm. And I've shared this with a lot of different states already and getting good traction on it. We're just looking for it to happen. And it's really a benchmark off of what Virginia is already doing. So I'm going to throw out a little uh, shout out to V3, which is Virginia Values Veterans. We're not exactly doing what they have done, but they are wonderful in the way they help service members transition out of active duty into the civilian workforce 
through using a program called SkillBridge or CSP. And that's what we're doing also. So for the service members, as they're going into TAP, that last year of their uh, middle career, they get introduced to SkillBridge, but I think a lot of them underutilize it because what SkillBridge does, it allows a service member in the last six months of their active duty to do an internship with a business that may be matched up to their career goals. And then that will allow them to see, hey, is this what I want to do or not? And during that internship, they're still on active duty, still getting their medical health care. It's like a, it, it is a permissive TDY. All right. And just they can go there and work. They have to provide their own housing. But it allows them to, to spend some time with the company and see if this is a good match for them. It's also a good match for the business because they get a chance to see how you integrate into what they're doing. Now, most of the businesses, uh, 60% of them have done these before. So they know what they need to share mm. with the service member. And they are getting a little bit of work out of the service member, but it's more exposure to the career field. And then once they've had that chance, if it's a good match, once they ETS, there's a good chance they'll get picked up. About 70 to 80% of them get hired by the company that they've done their internship with. And I want to share a couple of those companies that we've got doing it here in Kentucky. Um, yeah, please do. Yep. Yeah, before we don't jump all the way into that, our task force welcome is designed to have a, uh, a leader, of course, but then we're going to have someone who's going to engage our service members. And then we're going to have somebody that engages our businesses because our service members need to learn how to use SkillBridge and CSP. CSP is the Army's version of SkillBridge. It's career skills program. The It allows the same thing six months prior to. You can do it anywhere from uh, the world. You can jump on the website, start connecting with those businesses. But businesses need to learn how to build their SkillBridge profile, how to do the MOA with the Department of Defense, and then get on the website. And uh, once they get accepted through the SkillBridge program, they will be on the DOD SkillBridge website, and that will allow service members to start looking in advance. And then they connect it to their webpage, the employer does. And we're finding here in Kentucky, great success. They're like, wow, how we didn't know this even existed. So it, it's having that office at the state level, and we're going to do this for free. SkillBridge was set up to be for free. And there are a lot of people who are doing some of the SkillBridge CSP stuff, but there's a back-end cost to the employer that we don't always see, okay? And, and you have to get paid for it. But if the state of Kentucky will pay for it out of hide, it will bring back to them some pretty significant return on investment. For example, the, the median income in Kentucky is about $52,000. With our service members coming out, we're telling employers that you're gonna to have to look between 20 and $25 an hour to be competitive to, to bring these service members in. And what we're finding out is they're really providing a much better uh, hourly wage than that for our service members because they're, they're realizing great soft skills, great technical skills, mm -hmm. already where they want them to be. All they have to do is teach them what their company needs done and they're off to the races, okay? Uh, it's a great program. Plus the federal government, not only through the DOD having the skill bridge, the DO, Department of Labor, DOL, allows companies to use workforce board money to help displaced workers find new jobs. All right. Well, if you're coming off of active duty, you're a displaced worker and we can use those funds through our uh, local veteran employment resources or uh, recruiters, which are leavers. 
which is a DOL program or DevOps. And that company that hires a service member that's transitioning off of active duty and coming back to Kentucky or deciding to come to Kentucky, that company can get a tax credit of up to $9,000 per hire. Okay, so it's a, it's a great opportunity. It's an untapped resource. But wait, there's more. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. Yep, yep. We are building a skill bridge light for military dependents and spouses, particularly, where we're going to use that DOL money to pay for them to do an internship with a business as they're coming back to Kentucky so that that business gets a chance to take a look at them and go, yeah, you're a good match for us. We'll hire you. And then they go on the payroll. So we're maximizing everything that we can to serve, serve that transitioning service member coming back to Kentucky and his or her family. Okay. So it's just a complete package. We've got a whole um, diagram on it and how it all works. Oh, I bet. I bet you have to, right? I mean, yeah. Think think about as a, a veteran in their family coming out of the service with with zero knowledge of, of any of this, or maybe they've heard a little bit about it. Dallas, it sounds like you and your team are are knitting together these components: Department of Labor, Department right. of Defense. I mean, yep. the Army version of Skillbridge. I didn't even know there was such a thing. I knew I had heard of Skillbridge before, but I didn't know right. there were yeah, different service offerings. And then making sure that the employers are aware of their their tax benefits right. as a as a selling point but you know as a stress alleviation type of or let's call it budgetary alleviation factor <laughs> or whatever you want to call it but yeah it, the diagram would be awfully important it, right it, because it, knowing it, what fits yeah yep. and we did a white paper on it on here's what it's going to take to build this out what kind of return on investment that you're going to have as a state and as an employer. Um, let me give you an example. All right. So first I want to tell you what we're what we've done it with with career fields. And then I want to give you some real life stories of people who have been doing this. So okay. uh, we started with our police. In Kentucky, uh, you have to go to the police academy to be a sworn officer. So with the Frankfurt Police Department, we did a pilot test where we had a service member who was a canine handler in the army. And we worked out with the police department that they did a complete interview on him uh, a year, almost a year, eight months before he came off of active duty. They liked what they saw. They got him all pre-qualified. Now in Kentucky, we've built this program called M2LE, military to law enforcement. And anyone, you don't even have to be a, 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 a MP or an SP or uh, anything like that. Uh, I was trying to remember what the Marine Corps calls them. It's a, it's a little different name. But uh, you can go in to this program, and now if the police department pre-qualifies you, you can go to the Kentucky Police Academy while you're on Skillbridge, which is five months long. Once you graduate from that, you will be a sworn officer in Kentucky, and you immediately go to work for that police department that hired you. We have over two dozen police departments that are either signed up or in the process of signing up. So if you go, go out on Skillbridge right now, you'll see them. And some of those police officers, brand new police officers, uh, are starting at $72,000 a year as a police officer up in Covington, up by Cincinnati area. Now we do have some places that are at, way at the bottom, but that's okay. You know, here's, here's the thing that goes on. 
when service members are getting ready to transact, transition out, they fall into one of three buckets, all right? And out, every year, 200,000 service members leave the military and they go either, they stay where they are, that's the first bucket, they go home because that's what they know and where they wanna be, or they're not sure. So if they're coming home and they're going back to their neighborhood, the police department might be a viable option for them there. They, the mil, uh, military skills that they've learned really translates to that civilian police force, okay? So that gets them employed there. Or the other thing that we've done is uh, we have leveraged our fire departments. There's a huge need for EMTs across the country. Mm -hmm. So now if service members are uh, combat medics, corpsmen, med techs in the Air Force, whatever it may be, they can roll into an EMT position because they have a nationally registered uh, license as an EMT if they've gone off to METSI. They do the ride along, get civilianized, and as they come off of active duty, they roll right into an EMT program. But we want to add a little bit more to that. So we are partnering with our schools, our community college here, because as an EMT, it's not a license it's a, or it's not a degree, it's a certificate. We want them okay. to get the paramedic uh, license, and that's an associate degree. Or better yet, they can roll into a RN program by using that EMT workplace learning, their military credit that they've earned through the American Council on Education to complete an associate degree and become an RN. So they can be an EMT in a hospital or in a fire department and move up from there. Some want to stay in the, the fire department. So then they would uh, cross-train into firefighter, which bumps the pay again. All right, so another opportunity there. The Hopkinsville Fire Department, if somebody's really interested in doing this, get hold of the Hopkinsville Fire Department. They're doing it right now, and we're growing the capacity across the rest of the Commonwealth. Um, but wait, there's more, okay? <laughs> and that is aircraft maintenance. We have, this is our world, maintenance stuff, all right? People okay, gotcha. Working hard, doing stuff, either aircraft maintenance, diesel mechanics, whatever the case may be. And we shouldn't dismiss um, the vehicle maintenance things that go on police departments because they can use SkillBridge to get into those jobs or as dispatchers. But in aircraft maintenance, we just had a young man from Minot, North Dakota, Air Force guy, wanting to come home to Kentucky. We got him set up with um, Atlas Air at Cincinnati Airport, which is in Kentucky. Most people don't know that. Okay. It's about 30 <laughs> On minutes. On this side of the Ohio River, right? That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's right. The good side. And uh, uh, they brought that young man in on a skill bridge for about two months. Okay. Because you can do a skill bridge CSP up to six months. I recommend at least a month, but up to six months. So we got him set up with, um, I think it's Hilton Honors or Hilton Honors. Uh, program. He he got a hundred thousand Hilton Honors points so that he could get a hotel when he came down here to talk to them. Free. Hilton does that for free. Okay. Any service member transitioning out can <laughs> get those points for free. Really? Really? And, oh, it's better than that. Okay. But wait, there's more. The <laughs> okay. spouse. It's I have some spouse. questions once you finish up this example. If you... Okay. <laughs> so the you can spouse. take a breath. Yeah, go yeah. ahead. Um, they can get 100,000 points, too, if they're going to, for a job interview. All right. So there you go. <laughs> so 
So this is a program that Hilton offers transitioning veterans yep. or really. Yep. yep. Incredible. That's yeah. incredible. I mean, I've never heard of that. I, I mean, this, this whole activity, state activity, templated state activity that can be transitioned or, or transferred or, you know, shared best practices with other right. states. I mean, great, great stuff here, Dallas. I'm so excited to hear it. You said things have happened since we they spoke have. last and you <laughs> were telling the truth. So when you said two dozen, um, law enforcement uh, branches or, or police offices police that's it just in Kentucky just, just in, Kentucky. in Kentucky just in Kentucky okay fantastic We're expecting the same thing with our uh, EMT program Atlas Air on our aircraft maintenance they want to become the uh, training hub for Atlas Air bringing service members in here get them trained up to the Atlas way and then send them out all over the country I'm not familiar with Atlas Air is it a private jet service or something like that? Uh, it is a major uh, aircraft provider and uh, cargo hauling, all that stuff. So okay. another one of those airlines that people don't think about, but it's huge. And Amazon has a thing up there. So down in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, I've got a friend who is a Navy retired guy. He's in with uh, yeah, <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> And we're talking about how Amazon might be able to take and create a regional hub for training military service members to be part of their operations. And that would then include aircraft maintenance operations on Amazon aircraft at CDG. Very cool. We Very cool. UPS. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Well, um, guess what? There's a UPS guy that was on one of these podcast not too long ago named Dennis Elford. I'll actually probably see Dennis in a couple of weeks at the truck maintenance council show in Orlando. Uh, oh, very good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have, you have some uh, potential friends uh, willing to help there. I know that. So I, uh, I've got a chance to connect folks through the Kentucky Workforce Innovation Board, the KWIB, uh, because I co-chair the Veterans and Transitioning Service Members Subcommittee Working Group, and we want to continue to bring employers in and help them to see what we're doing to, to assist the transitioning service member and the employer at the same time. So we talked about uh, fire departments, we talked about police departments, we talked about um, aircraft maintenance, but another one that we've just started on happened in Breckenridge County, we are now bringing transitioning service members into the high school environment. Kentucky's got a fantastic program that if you are a service member that's been in one of the skilled trades for at least four years, you can come and be a career and technical educator in Kentucky without a bachelor's degree. We'll put you in a new teacher institute that will, over the time that you're teaching, get you from no degree, some credit, to a, an associate degree, then to a bachelor's degree, which will take you up to a rank one uh, instructor. And the pay ranges from anywhere from $40,000 uh, coming in based on your qualifications up to $80,000. So just a lot of different things. And these are schools all over the Commonwealth that we're going to do that. That's just happening last week. And we had our first Air Force person go through it. Uh, he just finished two months ago. And that's why we're now ready to move forward with uh, some troops to teachers is coming back. I don't know if you knew that, but it was an old program that would allow. Makes sense. Totally yeah. makes sense. We need more teachers, right? We yeah. Do. Yeah. And um, there are 25 states that are using it. We're going to bring Kentucky back online 
so that we can do this because we're already positioned to get folks into teaching positions. And really the pay is not bad because not only do they come in through SkillBridge or CSP, but they get to count their military time and it bumps them up and it's a pay. Oh. So yeah, great opportunity. And if they've already got their bachelor's degree, they're going to be starting that 50, $60,000 range. If they don't have their degree, we're going to get them through it quickly. We have uh, a couple of the KCTCS system of schools, 16 community colleges that will help get them trained up and uh, ready for that. And uh, they can use their GI bill to help defray the cost of housing allowance while they're in that training. Because again, we're gonna do a DOL registered apprenticeship. And so here's the really cool thing. There's such a need for cybersecurity and IT professionals right now. Oh, for sure, without a doubt, yep. Right, right. So Coursera has partnered with Google IT and the USO has a way for service members to take Google IT for free, okay? Google IT will get you into a $40,000, a year job right out of the chute. It's like taking fundamentals of IT. It can set you up to take the CompTIA A-plus certification, which bumps you into the $50,000, $60,000 a year. At the University of Louisville, they're doing a, a program C4 where you can get some additional training and you can move into that $60,000, $80,000 a year. But we can take that Google IT, any service member that completes it, they can then become a IT instructor at a high school. And you're, you're working in a different population that way. Uh, we piloted this project at Anderson County High School here in Kentucky. I've got a buddy that was uh, an instructor. So these high schoolers are now getting taught that. But for the service member and for the high schooler, if you take that Google IT certification, it's 12 credit hours at your community college or your four-year institution, which will knock out your first semester of college. So we partner that in with that. It's a beautiful thing. And off to the races we go. Uh, fantastic. My wife works here at UK Healthcare in the IT department, and she's a big fan of Coursera. She talks about it all the time. Continuous learning, right. often, oftentimes at no cost for right. IT professionals. So that is Phenomenal. So Dallas, do you have sort of counselors or mentors or guide guides, like trail guides for, for these folks when they, they come out to follow this wire wiring diagram? So they're hitting all the things. I mean, because like you said, this is sort of a patchwork of yep. activity, right? To, the, to lead you to the best case. Is, so, is that something that you do or that somebody you work with or people on your team or how does that work? Okay. So I'm a team of one sort of, <laughs> okay. okay. This is an idea I've been socializing for the last three years in Kentucky, four years. Uh, I trans, uh, I got out of service, went through tap in 2015. Okay. Okay. I saw, man, people are just being thrown to the wolf. Um, and it was hard to really, for them to figure out. So, I started down this road. I've worked with our uh, JVSG, which if you ask me what that acronym is, I don't know, okay? But it's a DOL grant that funds our DVOPs and leavers. The leavers are the local veteran employment representatives that can help them get into jobs. So we've trained them on all, the, all this stuff here in Kentucky and we continue to train them. But we also have partners who are learning these gateways and at Fort Campbell, for example, if someone wants to be an EMT, they call me directly and I try to plug them to a fire department. 
this is why we're building this uh, office at the state level, trying to encourage the state to do this. I'm just a guy. I, I don't have any, well, I have some influence to help say, hey, look, we need to be looking at this. Because in Kentucky, we have the uh, VMAP, which is the Veteran Military and Public Peace Officer Council uh, through the legislature. It's a joint committee for the legislature to talk about veteran and uh, military things. And so they're starting to see this too. And they, they've been made aware of it. And uh, so that we can build this office that can do that thing. But another part of this is the VA uh, just recently partnered with an organization. And if you go on the VA website and you top, type in ETS-SP, and this is a mentoring program where as service members are coming out, they can sign up for this free mentoring program and they will connect them with someone in the area that they're wanting to go to, all right? The way we're gonna capitalize on that is through my subcommittee that I co-chair, we want to help companies build veteran resource groups in their organization. So if you're gonna to go to Toyota, which we have the largest Toyota plant in the US here in Georgetown, Kentucky, then you'll have somebody at that veteran working group who can say, hey man, thanks, great, great to have you here. I'm a vet. Let's talk. Let me help you do this transition. And bam, off to the races we go. UPS has that. Um, Yum has that. So just making those connections and that networking. So that's how we're accomplishing the mission. Um, still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, growing. we're going to have to get a list of these acronyms from you afterwards so we can kind of put them in the, in the show notes and sure. take you to links because you're like a, a treasure trove of information here with with a lot of a lot of very cool things that people wouldn't necessarily know about. I mean, the mentoring program and right. tying that to em employee service groups, ERGs. Yep. Uh, you know, I know I work with Commons on a fairly regular basis. Yeah. They they have a very good one, and JB yep. JB Hunt has a good one as well right. as you know a lot of other people. So that makes sense. I mean, most veterans are are willing to help another veteran right you know like no questions asked right oh you need help yep. you we're in the army or navy or whatever yeah come over here I'll, I'll give you a hand because then that way you take advantage of a no cost or a low cost resource that's out there potentially untapped because people like me you know we want to help but like there's there any funnel coming right. to me or to us right like we're where does that fun and, and we talk about the same thing with mental health, right? Where's the funnel yeah. for people who are, are struggling with post-traumatic stress coming out? They either choose not to go to the VA or they go to the VA. I mean, there are three options, right? They go to the VA, they get help. They go to the VA, they are in line. They can't get help right? or not soon anyway. And the third one is they, they just don't don't go there, choose not to. Right. I mean, there are organizations like 220 out there that help you sure. know, re relate without drugs and all that other type of stuff. So, so what, so where's your pipe? Like, is it the, is it the tap class, tap classes from the local forts or naval bases or whatever it happened to be in the area that do you get a list? Does, does somebody produce a list that gets thrown out there? To the masses, I mean, that would be that would make too much sense, right? They, they, too much they, sense. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the government's not going to do it, but there's a reason they don't do that. There's 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, just like the the low or the high high percentage financing right outside the gate, right? Yeah. Similar yeah. type thing, right? Yeah, yeah. At the but same in, time, though. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, at the same time, ETS-SP is going to help by connecting service members to those services to connect them to their states. And that's how we hope to grow mm. this out because there's a, they're starting to recognize, hey, we need to do that. The challenge is we have lots of stovepipes of people doing great things, but nobody's taking down those stovepipes or those barriers and saying, hey, we all need to work together. That's what we're doing here in Kentucky. And um, another thing that we do here in Kentucky is we've got a program called JECFO. And JECFO is the Joint Executive Council on Veteran Organizations. Every month they have a meeting. I think it's every month. Um, and they bring all of the veteran service organizations, the American Legion, the uh, Veterans Club of Kentucky, uh, you just name it. And, and they're there to say, let's share notes so that we can make sure that we work together. The, the Kentucky Department of Veteran Affairs is there. Hey, let's, let us help your veterans. Uh, because a lot of folks don't realize how big the veteran population is. Here in Kentucky, 287,000 veterans. You cross the bridge into Indiana, over 400,000 veterans. So there's quite a number out there. And you can get all these documents online. Uh, I've got them all if you want them, uh, that will share and tell you exactly, you know, what type of benefits they're bringing in, how many are in your neighborhood and your community. Uh, the surveys uh, that they did, the 2020 census provides that. But it's knowing how to look at that data and then articulate it to your uh, legislators for them to realize, hey, we need to work here because if we get service members coming back here, they bring skills and employment, lots of opportunity. Um, so it's it's that's a big part of what we're trying to do here in Kentucky. Doing some similar work in Indiana, and they're they're doing some cool stuff up there. Ivy okay. Tech Community College is leading the charge through their workforce board. I mean, if you need employees. In Kentucky, 2,000 service members come back every year. And that's not even counting their, their dependents that come back that might want to be employed or go to school. And uh, I am uh, under the Council on Post-Secondary Education, under CPE, I'm working a project to help all of our schools to better understand the military joint service transcript so that we can accelerate their degree completion, educating our workforce, and making us a, a bigger player on the uh, workforce board for drawing people to Kentucky because we're going to have some great employers coming in to uh, build amazing things. Yeah, and this is what we talked about in uh, last July, August timeframe uh, of last right. year, this joint joint trend. And I mean, what a great service, right? What a great offering. I mean, yep. Number one, you have to you have to translate all the acronym, acronyms that you knew and were using in the military. You got to tone down, you know, all the adult language that you learned right. in the military yeah. <laughs> a little bit. But also, yeah, you got to be. You guys are really good about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. I saw a joke about that the other day. I can't remember. Maybe I will by the time uh, the end of the podcast. But uh, in any case, yeah. So, but you also need this translate, it's like a translation service. Like yep. what skills apply? I mean, leadership should be common though, you know, definitions of leadership may differ a little bit from person to person, but maintenance, operation, mission accomplishment, 
training, providing training classes, leading, leading uh, small teams of people in mission accomplishment. I mean, we're finding through this podcast, which perhaps other people don't know, but if they don't, that operations and maintenance are the two biggest areas Mm. that military members, regardless of service, have have sort of a consistent, consistently a high level of understanding and inability, right? Because what do you do? You got to get your equipment up to speed before you go out. If it fails on you, you're in trouble. And then operations is really how do we plan and go execute and after action on the mission, right? So, yeah. well, yeah, and so, that goes into uh, project management. That's what you do in the military, project right. management. No matter what level you are involved with that, and there is such a huge need uh, for that out in the civilian sector. So lots of opportunity. And there's this program called Cool, which is credentials online uh, for uh, uh, credentials. We can look it up. <laughs> yeah, look it up. Uh, but it allows service members to get the credentials that they don't get in the military, but would have gotten in the civilian sector before they leave the military, because going ah. back, yeah, going back to the IT world, the IT world in the military, we don't care about getting a Google IT certificate or A plus certification because we're just going to train you on it. And then they come out of the military and they don't have it, but they know how to do it. Well, this way they can get that certificate before they leave the military and go to employers because in the military, it's about the mission. We don't care about plaques and awards and certificates of accomplishment. Okay. We worry about get the mission done. All right. In the civilian sector, certificates and certifications get you jobs. Okay. It's not what you've done necessarily, but what are you certified to do? Aircraft maintenance. If you get your FAA AMP license, which is 70, 27 credit hours at a community college, you will be able to get a job anywhere. They're just dying for aircraft maintenance folks. So, uh, and yeah. that can be helicopters, and that can be fixed rotary wing, any number of things. And a lot of the uh, vehicle mecha- uh, mechanics can qualify for that, and they'll pay them to get any additional training. You know, you brought up just a minute ago about the mental health and wellness and all that stuff. When we help service members in their transition to civilian employment, that is a mental health success story because it takes away all that angst for them of what am I going to do when I get out and for their dependents, you know, who, how are we going to put food on the table? This is a mental wellness thing when we do this. And, and that's another part of why we're doing it. So yeah, survival, right? Survival, yeah. like, Oh, Holy smokes. I'm, I'm out of this program steady paycheck all this support around me now i'm sort of cast adrift what am i going to do i have people that rely on me and responsible for a lot of stress right stress and and not necessarily stress that can be alleviated by alcohol or or you know you know just working yourself out to death right because some people find different ways to alleviate stress but yeah this is uh this is really great Dallas. So Army Cool, I see online, it's cool like you think, FonzieCool.osd.mil, and it is credentialing opportunities online. That's it. it. Yeah, what, and I'm looking at, it's a four-step process, I think, where you you start putting in your 
your information, but um, it made me think of how recruiting is being done today right. in large part, right? It's going, most of it, a lot of it is being done online, right? So you put a re resume online. If it doesn't have the right sort of vocabulary on that resume, then these AI scrapers are not going to pick up the important right. stuff that the civilian employers say we're looking for, right? Yeah. And looking for leadership. If it's not in there, it's not going to pick it up. Or if I'm looking for, let's say, for example, let's let's use a uh, let's use a, a Navy example. Well, I was a hard hat diver in the Navy, and I yep. was sk skilled in salvage. Well, small only a small need for that in the civilian world. But if I could say I was responsible for mission planning. Yep. project management yep. and and accomplishment cross-functional execution you know that type of thing that bang it's a it's a match bang it's a match it's a match and then that can spit out the resume to the prospective employer because there's so much so many yep. things that go into this not only are we not always having humans look at resumes anymore because we just aren't right we're right. in the, the age where that's not always happening but that translation is not uh, it's not. It's going to be less obvious to AI, likely yep. than that. I mean, you get lucky if you went to a company that has a few veterans that are helping screen resumes to do that translation. That's not sure. always the case, so maybe you get lucky in that. But uh, but yeah, yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. So really, hey, what two more things? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. It's, it's okay. your show, man. No, it's, <laughs> it's your show, good. but I got lots of stuff kicking around. And no, it's our it's show. Hat rack that I, I carry <laughs> around. Okay, two things. Our service members need to get LinkedIn. All right. LinkedIn is the new resume for business. It's the Facebook version of uh, business. LinkedIn is. Um, service members get one year of premium link LinkedIn for free. Okay, it's $24 a month, $25 a month. Normally, you get that for free. You get your resume out there. I'm on it all the time. Feel free to look me up, Dallas.Kratzer, LinkedIn. Uh, so that's a great thing. But another thing, too, and I recommend this to our employers, there's a program out there called Psych Armor. I, I think we might have talked about it, but I'm not sure. Psych Armor is a nonprofit started by a Marine Corps spouse. Uh, her her husband was in the Marine Corps, got out, retired. She started this. And the whole mission of Psych Armor is to help educators and employers to understand the military culture. And they have this one free video vignette that says 15 things that service, that military people want you to know. And it's a great just 15 minutes of, hey, these are things to think about, okay? Uh, it really resonates. Military folks are like, yeah, spot on. Uh, they started off, they thought it would be four things, and then they got all these interviews, and it became such a, a big event um, that now it's it's great. They they do a lot. I did a podcast for them a while back on uh, recognizing learning in military and corporate settings, and uh, that's a I think it's a great podcast, you know, but I'm a little biased, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's all these things that we can connect with out there to uh, serve our service members. What you're doing here, invaluable. What what we can share and, and help with one another. We're all going to reach different groups of people. We need to do that. 
Uh, and we, we need to think with the abundance mentality. There's more than enough work for all of us. So let's get out there and get to it. All right, you were getting ready to say something. So you uh, without a doubt. So I think I've got the right one. Uh, Psych Armor. Yeah, we are on a mission to train a grateful nation, access more than 250 military culture educational products for healthcare providers, veterans, employers, yep. military families. So that is P-S-Y-C-H-A-R-M-O-R.org for anybody who's looking at it. This is great, Dallas. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, being prepared and, and having these notes. I, you know, I can see that you referred to a lot of it's in your hat rack too. It but, is. Uh... It is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, this is my stump that I preach from. Okay. One last one for you. I know I said yeah, you're you, good, man. I, I've, I've always got more college recon. They're cool. So college recon, what they do, is they go out and they're looking for colleges that are accepting the military credit recommendations from the American Council on Education that comes on our JST to say, hey, these are the schools that are doing it right. If you're in this area and you want to go to school, go check these people out. So College Recon, another great resource. And uh, they're steering away from the predatory schools. They don't have, and this is why uh, I support them, is um, there are a lot of predatory schools out there that'll take your money and... Uh, uh, you get a degree that's not worth the paper it's written on. College Recon is pre-qualifying that. They have about 100,000 service members that hit their site every month for something. So uh, they're doing some great work. So there you go. Yeah, easy website to remember as well. College Recon, just like it sounds, dot com. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, very, very cool. Yeah, I mean, all this information is a, is a treasure trove. And, you know, you and I need to, put it together in a book somewhere. Maybe I'll just be your note taker or your scribe and, uh, and we, we, yeah, we can put it together in a, in a one-stop shop sort of program yeah. and get it out there. Cause uh, I mean, there are just so many things uh, that, oh. that veterans can take advantage of. It's just, and that's, that's a blessing and a curse, right? It's, right. it's all out there and, you know, centralized guidance. And this is just one thing I'm doing right now. I would love to talk to you about all the other things, but we are coming up on time. So (laughs) um, maybe we'll do another one of these, you know, if you think it's worth it. No, that sounds good. Yeah. And with respect to your time too, it's, well, it's 537. We could go for a little bit more for sure. But uh, I didn't get to ask you like what you actually did in the military and and all the... The sort of cool thing. So we, we have a few minutes left. So why don't we go through that and, and then sure. we'll, we'll wrap it up. So I was a mutt. Okay. I did a lot of different things. Um, uh, strangely, when I was in high school, I didn't know anything about the military. Didn't think about it. Buddy of mine's like, Hey man, I'm going to go check out the guard. You want to ride along? You know, this is in the seventies. The I graduated in 80 and I'm like, okay, sure. I didn't know what that meant. And I went, the guard was the Air National Guard in Ohio, and I ended up joining. I raised my right hand, said some words. There was a flag. Next thing I know, I'm in basic training, and I found my place, and it was off to the races. Um, I was an admin guy, so Radar O'Reilly. I had to learn how to type (laughs) and all this stuff. Became a personnel guy. Uh, Did enlisted time. Uh, I was in E7 whenever I got my commission working in personnel. 
became an executive officer, ground transportation officer, aircraft maintenance officer, anti-terrorism officer, ROTC instructor, uh, and finished up back in personnel. I was a personnel guy when I retired out of the uh, Kentucky Air National Guard in, in Frankfurt. And uh, 35 years later, it was a great adventure. And like I said earlier, my the highlight of my Air Force career, the 35 years, was at age 50, going on a deployment with the Kentucky Army National Guard, where we went in country. I had to train with the Army for a year to learn Army. And uh, then spent nine months in country with them. We were supposed to be there for 11 months. But during that nine months, I helped them to learn Air Force. And uh, it was a great adventure, uh, great friendships built out of that. We had a very successful mission in Afghanistan. Uh, we walked away uh, knowing that we've made a difference. So that was fantastic. We did a ag development team where we were helping Af Afghan farmers to be better at their Afghan farming business. And uh, we implemented a FAA, uh, FFA program, Future Farmers of Afghanistan in <laughs> one of the high schools. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we, we made uh, the team before us made some patches uh, for this program. They kind of started laying the groundwork. We got the school district in the Kandahar region uh, where we were to do this in their school system. And we hope that it has carried on. That was in 2012 and 13. And uh, a lot's gone on over there, but the, the schoolmaster in that district bought into it wholesale. Well, it's just, another, it's a great example. And thank you for, for being out there trying to teach Afghan farmers to grow something other than poppy, I hope, um, or something. Yeah, <laughs> well, everybody needs morphine, I guess, uh, well, yeah, too. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's just a, it's such a great example of sort of a non-traditional or not something people wouldn't expect, like say, hey, I was in the service. Well, what'd you do in the service? Well, I was on a ship or I was in a regiment or battalion or whatever. Well, no, I was in Afghanistan. You were in Afghanistan teaching right. Afghanistan the farmers how to how to be better at what they were doing. So right. really, really cool. Well, Dallas, I really appreciate you spending time with us today. It has been a, an action-packed, content-rich <laughs> 45 or 50 minutes. Okay. So, so, yeah, so we'll probably follow up with uh, perhaps some links. I took a bunch of notes, but I, I'm sure I didn't catch everything. But this is fantastic. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. And you said you're on LinkedIn if yes. people wanted to contact you. Sure, sure. Awesome. Fantastic. And Okay, well, that thank you, Dallas. And, and before we close, I'd like to remind our listeners to give us a five-star rating so we get up in the the podcast rankings as one of the one of the veteran liked podcasts. So we're we're aspiring to be on that list someday. So that'd be great. And we also want to thank Mobius for providing this platform to help both transitioning vets as well as those looking to hire them in the field of maintenance and reliability. So thank you again, Dallas, and have thank a you, great Mary. night. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Appreciate Bye. it, buddy. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Veterans Connected. We will see you back for another episode very soon. In between, we hope to see you in the Veterans Connected community group where you can meet Eric and fellow podcast guests and share with other industry veterans at MobiusConnect.com. And we hope to see you there.